You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 287. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I've been looking forward to sharing this podcast with you all week. And when I chose Rescuer Good News by Wren Collective, I knew it could lead us in so many different directions in Scripture, but I definitely had a favorite in my heart. So let's not waste any more time. Let's listen to part of the song, and I'll meet you on the other side. He's our I have an outside resource for you this week that may be surprising, but I hope you can trust me on this one. One of the ways I interact with God's Word is to use outside resources. Sometimes they are commentaries or articles, and this week it's a children's Bible. Now, utilizing an outside resource is this week's primary bite. My bites, B-I-T-E, are Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And uh, while I always want you to start with God's Word first, this particular resource, since it points to the Bible, will give us an interesting track and the ability for me to introduce a big idea. The Bible I'm referring to is the Jesus Storybook Bible. My copy was given to me by my mentor about six years ago, and I have read it with my girls and loved how it refers to to the rescuer. All right, there's the link. More on that later, but uh, you can begin to see why it leapt to my mind as a resource when I thought of this song. Now, over the past year, I have been introduced to a topic that I guess I knew existed, but didn't know the official word or an official word for it. I haven't been exposed to it as much as I have been in the past year. My antenna is definitely up. And most recently, with some exciting new training I received at a conference for women, who uh, the conference was for women who teach the Bible to others. Okay, so there's a fancy word for it. It's called the meta narrative, but it really is just an overarching story or storyline that gives context, meaning, and purpose to all of life. So with the Bible, it means that while we study the smaller parts, they all fit into the whole grand story of God. I love how the Storybook Bible puts it, so I'm just going to read that to you. Some people think the Bible is a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Wow, did you hear that? This is crucial for you to understand. And it may very well change the way you read your Bible forever. The Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. You see, we often approach the Bible starting with us. We need a word or direction or encouragement. We need something from it. And while it absolutely provides encouragement and direction for our lives, 
It is by starting with God, not with us. Even the first line of the Bible, think about it. In the beginning, God. It didn't say in the beginning, Michelle. (laughs) It didn't even say in the beginning, God was worried about Michelle. In the beginning, God. The introduction to the storybook Bible, it continues. And it says this, the Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. All the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. Now, I love story. I love examining how story moves us and changes us and challenges us. I guess that's why I love the Bible so much. And I wish I could fully express how re-energized I am about approaching the Bible again with this thought, this idea that we can and should study the small parts, but always zoom back out and connect them to the whole grand story of God. So today, I'm going to do my best to zoom out, and I want to lead you down a path to consider the whole of God's story, the grand story, the meta-narrative. I'm no expert yet, but I want to start practicing because I think it's that important and that profound, and it's already changing the way I'm reading the Bible that I've read so many times before. So buckle your seatbelt. If we want to keep it in my normal podcast time, we're going to have to go a little fast. This will mean that you will probably have to follow up, not even probably, you must follow up on your own time. You might even make this uh, a challenge for yourself, like a project for the next month. It'll be worth it. Ready? Let's dive in. All right, starting in Genesis, we see creation and the fall. Did you know all of that happens in just three chapters? It just seems like it would take up more room in the Bible for such a profound event. Uh, I love what the storybook Bible says, though. Well, in another story, it would be all over, and that would have been the end. But not in this story. Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come to rescue you, and when I do, I'm going to do battle against the snake. I'll get rid of the sin and the dark and the sadness you let in here. I'm coming back for you. And he would. One day, God himself would come. Isn't that beautiful? The tagline is, every story whispers his name. And it's so true. Every story whispers his name. Now let's jump to Noah, Genesis 6 through 9. It's a tragic story of death and destruction that ends with promise and a sign and a rainbow. The storybook Bible describes it as God's warrior bow and says, God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death would come down once more, but not on his own people or his world. No, God's war bow was not pointing down at his people. It was pointing up into the heart of heaven. So we're Genesis, creation, fall. We've talked about Noah. Let's fast forward to the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. It is a tale as old as time. Humans relying on their self-effort to reach heaven. I wish I could have written it as well as it does in the storybook Bible. It says, you see, God knew however high they reached, however hard they tried, people could never get back to heaven by themselves. People didn't need a staircase. They needed a rescuer because the way back to heaven wasn't a staircase. 
It was a person. People could never reach up to heaven, so heaven would have to come down to them. And one day, it would. There's that idea again. Every story whispers his name. Next, we see God set a couple who would turn into a family that would foreshadow God's forever family. And I'm reminded of um, 1 John 1.12. It says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the fact that we could actually be in God's forever family, that, that just blows my mind. But it is all foreshadowed in the lives of Abraham and Sarah and the promised son Isaac, a miracle baby. The Storybook Bible says it this way, God would do as he promised. He would always look after Abraham's family, his special people. And one day God would send another baby, a baby promised to a girl who didn't even have a husband. But this baby would bring laughter to the whole world. This baby would be everyone's dream come true. Every story whispers his name. And then God asked Abraham to sacrifice this long-awaited promised son. A father willing to sacrifice his son? Uh, You can read all about it in Genesis 22. And what God really wants is our trust. He wants our faith. and, And you see a profound example of this in Abraham. And I love how the Storybook Bible concludes, Many years later, another son would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. Like Isaac, he would trust his father and do what his father asked. He wouldn't struggle or run away. Who was he? God's son, his only son, the son he loved, the Lamb of God. Ah, Every story whispers his name. And then we read the tragic and dynamic story of Joseph in Genesis 37 through 46. He was a favored son that was sold into slavery by his brothers only to come under further dreadful circumstances that led to his imprisonment. But God had a grander plan of redemption, and he ended up a prince of Egypt that saved not only his family, but the entire nation and and even surrounding areas from a devastating famine. And of it all, Joseph said to his brothers once they were in a good place, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And the, the storybook Bible wraps it up this way. One day, God would send another prince, a young prince whose heart would break. Like Joseph, he would leave his home and his father. His brothers would hate him and want him dead. He would be sold for pieces of silver. He would be punished even though he had done nothing wrong. But God would use everything that happened to this young prince, even the bad things, to do something good, to forgive the sins of the whole world. Every story whispers his name. Y'all, we're not even past Genesis yet. And then in Exodus, we see God setting Moses apart for his use. He would lead the Hebrew people in a great rescue operation. The final rescue mission God had was is to set his people free forever. But this free rescue mission foreshadows our final rescue. And then we see God making a way where there was no way in the Exodus. You can read all about it in Exodus 14 through 15 when God parts the Red Sea. And just like in the desert, we need God to guide us day and night with his presence. And then later in Exodus, God gives his Ten Commandments as guides to his character and plan for how we should live our lives. But the problem is that we can't keep them, not not even just the ten. Only one person can keep the rules. And every story whispers his name. 
And then after 40 years of wandering in the desert, Joshua finally leads the Israelites into the promised land. But when they're there, they disobeyed God and it was eventually taken from them. But there's another promised land for us, an eternal home that no one can take from us because it no longer depends on us. We must rely on Jesus. And then we see a king emerging from Israel. The prophet Samuel was told to go to Bethlehem where he would find a new king. King David was a man after God's own heart, and yet he wasn't the rescuer. The Storybook Bible describes it this way. God chose David to be king because God was getting his people ready for an even greater king who was coming. Once again, God would say, go to Bethlehem. You'll find the new king there. And there, one starry night in Bethlehem, in the town of David, three wise men would find him. Every story whispers his name. And David was a shepherd. If you missed episode 206, you missed a great episode on the Good Shepherd. I encourage you to check it out. And even the songs of David, many of the psalms that he wrote, whisper his name. And then there were prophets who promised him and prophets like Jonah who would foreshadow elements of, of his life. Three days in utter darkness, for example. And then there was utter darkness. 400 years of silence from the last prophet's word until a streak of light pierces the sky, until the light of the world shone forth in a baby boy, Emmanuel, God with us, come to rescue us. Then John the Baptist would declare, uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent, and he would pass the torch on to the man, Jesus. And then Jesus' years of ministry were marked with fighting temptation with God's word, mending the broken, teaching us how to connect in prayer to the Father, turning the religious world upside down, calming seas and calming hearts, producing plenty where there only seemed lack, forgiving sins and humbly serving others. This rescue plan, it was nothing like people expected. And then the climax of the story is Jesus carrying out the final rescue plan from the beginning of time, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And then he doesn't even, he, he, while he goes up to heaven, he doesn't leave us alone. No, he places heaven in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And then this example family that we've talked about, this family that was set apart for God alone, it grew. It grew through Paul and Peter and the other apostles when Jesus made it clear that adoption into God's family was open to any who would believe and follow not just to those who were the descendants of Abraham. And the story isn't over yet. That's our hope. When all will forever be set right as it was in the beginning, this grand story with the last book written out by John, the the storybook Bible says it this way, John came to the end of his book, but he didn't write the end because, of course, that's how stories finish, and this one's not over yet. So instead he wrote, Come quickly, Jesus which perhaps is really just another way of saying to be continued. So what's next? While I do not have a specific place to go in scripture this week, wherever you choose to go, wherever you have been, take a step back and see if you can see uh, how it relates or connects to the meta narrative, that grand story of God's word. And don't forget, this word of God is not about you at all. It's about him 
and his rescue plan for all who will believe in him. While you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Kim from somewhere in the U.S., Beulah from Missouri, and Tanya from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. And subscribers also benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my podcast from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. I hope you've enjoyed this week's replay. Next week, I will introduce a brand new episode using the song Nobody by Casting Crowns to help us dive into scripture. This was a request by my longtime listener, Emily. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 287. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.